2: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
3: Ron and Anian, you're working on something and the GM service manual will say, if applicant doesn't fit, peen a relief. Meaning, make a dent, make a hole, make it fit. The car doctor is an EV practical in (laughs) where you are.
4: Well, I will tell you, Quebec, uh, Quebec.
3: Of
5: course, leads. I think they lead the world. In, well, we have the cheapest electricity in the world because we have hydroelectricity. Okay. Electric vehicles here are, I think, are sustainable
0: once they get the, the infrastructure. Welcome to the radio home of Ron Ananian, the Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to. For their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors
3: are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. I'm happy to report that I got to witness a birth or a rebirth this week. And, you know, it, it... Kind of brought a tear to my eye. It was it was very uplifting. Danny, his uh, it's no it's no mystery or no surprise. Danny, my mechanic, has a has an all original, very original seventy eight Z twenty eight Camaro, yellow, no t tops, four speed car. It's one of sixteen hundred built. They built less than sixteen hundred of these, and it gets rarer as you start to neck down the options that it has. Black interior and so on and so forth. And you know he had an engine problem, and well, it's not that he had an engine problem. He just found out you can't. Race a 78 Z28 against a Porsche and expect to come out on top. Well, he actually did come out on top, but, you know, the engine didn't survive, so he had to go through and do a second engine and then a third engine. And um, he's been learning the trials and tribulations of, of working on a hot rod and, you know, working on your own car and just trying to uh, deal with the lack of parts and the lack of quality parts that are out there. And, um, you know, it took him this point this long to get it back together, and it's together. And it, it's just kind of exciting. You hear that bark and that bite and that growl when it starts up. And, uh, you know, it just it took me back to a time and a place when we were doing, you know, we'd do one or two engines a week or a day even at one point that, you know, it was so simple then. It was just, you know, unbolt this, unbolt that, lift it out and go. Not like today where it's assembled. It seems sometimes uh, just very, very difficult to work on. But the point becomes that it's it's refreshing, right? It's refreshing to have a youngster that, uh, you know, wants to do these things and, and get his hands dirty and, and and work on a car like that. And it just, you know what, it it shows where we came from and how smart we were when we were there and how much smarter we're getting because of what we have to put up with the technology. So, uh, yeah, for those that want a progress report, Danny's Camaro is back on the road again, and uh, it's, it's moving up the ladder towards completion. So that being said, let's... Uh, Let's go over and talk to Jerry, return call from Washington State, 86 Bronco, no start. Jerry, what's uh, what's status on this vehicle? Well,
6: I did everything you advised me to do last week. Still, no start.
3: Okay. Is this no spark, no fuel injector pulse? Uh, It
6: has spark. It has fuel injection pulse. If uh, you advise me to uh, actually check the fuel pressure off the Schrader valve, I did that. We have plus 35 pounds there. Yeah. And the map sensor and all the vacuum lines, they went from flexible lines to hard lines. We ran uh, a flexible uh, uh, probe down through there and made sure there was nothing in any of them. Okay. And they actually came to a block. Okay. So, I'm still no start, but I'm kind of setting you up for this. Let's see where we go.
3: Okay. So, what was cranking vacuum?
6: Cranking uh, couldn't I don't know. Okay. Did I not check? I'm looking through my notes. Ron, as you d- advised me, I tried to do everything you said. Yeah, no, no, no.
3: But you know, one of them was cranking vacuum. We need to know if this engine is mechanically sound. When you checked, ah. and when you checked spark, Jerry, how did you check it?
6: With the spark tester. Okay. A visual one. Okay.
3: All right, and you had it set uh, to you had it set to thirty thousand volts or higher, correct? Yes. All right, so we've got good spark. You've got injector pulse. If you listen to the injectors with a stethoscope, you hear them click, click, click. Right. Yes. All right. So on the dashboard, do you see? Well, I'm yes. trying to think. In '86, you didn't have a check engine light, did you? No,
6: we had to do the the flashing lights. You count, wave the space, count. Right. Yes. Right.
3: Yep. And in '86, if the if you've got spark and you've got injector pulse, chances are the PCM, the main engine computer, is awake. When you turn the key to the on position without cranking it, do you hear the fuel pump prime for three seconds?
6: Yes. In fact, even the one in the back, because I went there with a stethoscope, uh, at least a mechanical one or automotive one, I can hear that run, and the front one runs also.
3: Okay. So you've got fuel pressure, you've got fuel, you've got injector pulse, you've got spark. You're missing... It sounds like you're missing mechanical. Yeah. Because you you know what's good, so I can tell you what's bad. If it's got spark, spark is spark. If it's got injector pulse... You know, you're hearing the injector's pulse, right? You check fuel pressure right at right at the fuel rail up front? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So now we're down to what's cranking vacuum?
6: Cranking vacuum.
3: Right. When you turn it over, you should see two to three inches of cranking vacuum at a minimum. You know, I've got a feeling as an educated guess from my seat here, you've either got restricted exhaust or you've got a jump time. The timing chain failed.
6: ha. Well, okay, and i was I didn't mean to set you up, but that's where I was going and I've had the other hot rod guys in here I've been doing this for sixty years, okay, and I'm not an expert, but home talk um, timing chain and gears okay and it does and I'm with you, ron uh It has an extreme amount of miles on it three hundred and some I put two hundred and fifty of that on there, and it was stupid enough.
3: Not to change that a long time ago. All right, but so, it just ran so well. So do this, Jerry. Take the distributor yeah. cap off. Bring it around to number one. All right? Yes. You know, on the on the crank. Bring it around to number one. And does number one line up with the balancer? When number one is underneath its, its plug wire to fire, does the balancer hit top dead center? If not, it jumped time.
6: Yes. It's... It does, but then I rotated it backwards, the engine a little bit, to see if I had slop in there, and a bit, a little bit, probably more than it should. But, Ron, I'm with you on this one. Uh, I got most of the front end off of it. I'm down to the damper.
4: Okay. I'm going to go
6: ahead and change those. I bought the part from one of your sponsors, Um, and we'll check. I'll, I'll go... I'll go where you said and where I agree. I think we're in the same spot Well,
3: just, just keep in mind, though, if you don't know what cranking vacuum is, yeah. y- you could still have restricted exhaust. You could have a catalytic converter that's that's failed, and it's causing yeah. the exhaust to to back up. Now, you know, that being yeah. said, a 300,000-mile timing chain on an 86 Bronco, yeah, I would say it's time for a timing chain regardless, so you <laughs> might as well change it. <laughs> Uh, you know. Yeah,
6: I think I'm way past that. Right. Some of the recommendations are like every eighty thousand miles. I think that's, t- personally, I think that's too soon. But where I am, I'm too late. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, it's hard enough now. I'm going to continue with that. Okay. And, uh, All right. I'll check those things you said. Hey, I'm going to let you. I'll let you know next week with a free, uh, quick call. Thank yeah,
3: you. yeah. You do that. You let us know what happens, Jerry. You be well and keep us posted as far as. What's going on here? You know, it's it's just, it's. listen, it's, again, here, this is an example of tell me what's good, I'll tell you what's bad. Jerry's got spark. Jerry's got fuel pressure. He's got injector pulse. All the basics are there. He's got a mechanical problem of some kind, whether it's that the timing chain jump, whether he's got restricted exhaust, whether he's got both is a problem. Uh, You know, there's something catastrophic that occurred here, because if this was just one cylinder, if it dropped the valve, it lost compression on one cylinder, you know, something mechanically small per se, it would still run. This is a cataclysmic failure. This is something major. The timing chain's off by more than three teeth. The exhaust is so restricted, it's all backed up as he goes to start it. So that's hence my conversation about tell me what cranking vacuum is, but... I guess Jerry's going to replace parts before he finds that out. But in any event, that's the story. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. 560 9900 Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor. We're coming back right after this. Don't go away.
5: the best in car advice, give Ron a call. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron.
3: Hey, let's get over to Chad in Wisconsin, 05F350. Chad, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help?
5: So, I've got a 05F350 dual battery. Okay. Okay. Alternator, uh, we got passenger battery, driver battery, right? Right. So alternator on post to post my passenger battery is reading 13.9 13, nine, 3 Okay. Okay. Driver battery post to post only reads 12 3 12 4. But if I go post to ground on the engine, it's reading
3: 13.9. Okay, wait, back back up a second. When you say post to post, you mean yep. the so the the battery that's not showing a good rate of charge uh which was the driver's battery or the passenger battery? Correct. Passenger battery. Driver battery. So you're going positive you're you're going across it positive and negative with your voltmeter. You're reading what? 12.3? Yes. Okay. 12.5, 12, 12.4 12, something right. there, yeah. Have you voltage drop tested the cables and connections to that battery?
5: So cable to cable same thing, but cable on the on the positive and then if I ground it to the engine, it's showing the 13. Because there's a cable that comes across from passenger to drive battery. Okay, that's no. Connected. Here's
3: here's what I want you to do. And, and let me try and explain it this way. Are you familiar with the, the idea of voltage drop testing? Yep. Okay. If you voltage drop the negative side while you're cranking it, all right, not while the engine is running. Okay. While you're cranking okay. it. Say, using a DVOM, a digital volt Yep. Set, mm-hmm. set your digital volt ohm meter. There's a couple of settings in there. I'm I'm gonna guess usually there is. There's either gonna be a min max hold feature which will show you the maximum, the minimum, or a, a designated hold button, or there's going to be a peak button. All right, showing you the peak. Okay. It's it's really kind of interesting because and it's timely, right? We took a we actually just came out of a digital volt ohm class. With, auto, with the automotive training group. The great Chris Lewis was teaching again this week. And we were, we were privy to, we saw the fact that you can look at a meter. You know, they, they gave us a test, right? The eyes lie. Read the meter. Tell us what the maximum is that you see. Everybody wrote it down. Now hit the peak button. Run the test. Tell us the maximum you're, you saw. We wrote it down. Everybody was wrong. So the meter is faster than the eye. So if you can find, if your meter okay. has a peak function all right, it will tell you what it actually saw as a peak or maximum voltage at that moment of testing. But the idea here is how many volts pass through the meter versus the cable, because this sure sounds like a corroded cable, bad connection, bad cable end.
5: Well, I guess that's my question. So passenger battery has a negative to the frame and also a negative for the starter to the engine block. Right. But driver's side only has to the frame, and I said I replaced that negative cable going to the frame, and still so came with the same results. I got the exact same truck, an '06, and post to post on both batteries, you get like 13.9 1395.
3: which right, you should. Right. Well, it's showing you Correct. when you said when you said you went you went post to post, you got thirteen nine on the one battery, and then when you went positive side. To the engine, you got thirteen nine. It's when you go to the frame. Correct. It's when you go to the frame. Yes. So if you voltage drop that ground, that goes where does it go from the frame to the engine on the one side? Did you say uh, on passenger side? There's one that goes from
5: it goes from the battery to the engine block with the starter. Right. And then it goes from the engine block to the frame rail.
3: Right. So the one that goes from the engine block to the frame rail, did you voltage drop test mm-hmm. that?
5: Okay. But that one's that one's good. That's on the passenger side.
3: How do you know it's good?
5: Well, that one's getting that so, one's thirteen nine three.
3: Right. But how do you know that cable <laughs> connection how do you know that cable connection between the engine and the frame is good? Did you test it? Or you're assuming?
5: Well, that battery is getting charged, though, by the alternator. Okay.
3: How do you know that cable connection between the the engine and the frame is good? You've got a problem with the truck, right? truck's broke. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Test the cable. Test the cable, move on. Okay. Don't focus on, well, I know it's good because, right? Okay. Because logically... Would it help? Would it help? Go ahead. I was going to say, logically, if that battery doesn't know its location, right, it doesn't know whether it's on this side of the truck or that side of the truck. All right. Sure. If 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 we were to figuratively speaking take the battery that's not getting charged and put it in the place of the battery that is getting charged and for all I know you've already done that, you'll probably find that battery yeah. charged. Yeah, and the battery charged fine, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we know it's not the battery. All right? Yeah. We're we un- unless, you know, that cable connection down at the frame off the battery that's not getting charged if that negative cable is corroded somehow, but I would assume it sounds like you're smart enough. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying if you saw, repla- I
5: replaced that one already. Right,
3: you replaced that cable, but it sounds like if there was corrosion at yep. the frame, you would have cleaned that, I, right?
5: I cleaned that also. Yeah. Okay.
3: What if you run a jumper cable between that negative cable and the engine block?
5: That's what I was going to. That's what I was asked. Is that a good idea to do that? Oh uh, yeah.
3: Why not? You're just you're just okay. replicating. For all you know, there used to be one there and somewhere, and it rotted and fell off. Or the one sure. that's the one that's on the frame side has a poor connection, and even though it's working for the one side, it won't work for the other. That's why I say sure. voltage drop test across the negative cable from the frame to the engine block. That's why okay. I'm trying to get you to do okay. that. All right, because sure. it eliminates. Okay, I'll just better try Listen, stop focusing on what's bad. Start start focusing on what's good, because if you keep looking for what's sure. bad, you're going to miss over a lot of stuff. All right, gotcha. All right. Tell me how you're going to voltage drop test this. What are you going to connect?
5: From engine block to frame rail.
3: Right. Because a voltage drop test is done on the same side of polarity. If we're voltage drop testing the negative side, we go negative post of the battery to negative point of the uh, cable, and we don't want to do it while the engine is running. There's not as extreme of a load there. We want to test it while you're cranking it. While you're cranking Okay, sure. because for all you know, the way the engine cranks and rotates flexes that cable, moves it. You're going to all of a sudden see something that says, "Hey, there's a bad connection there." Um, okay, you know, but yeah, let's let's voltage drop test that because if everything you're saying is accurate, you can prove what you're saying is accurate. Just add a heavy gauge jumper cable between the frame and the engine block. That battery won't know where it is. You've got good voltage there. Yep. If if touching the engine block shows that battery is being charged correctly. Then by all rights, it should charge correctly when you jump from the frame to the uh, battery engine block. I'm sorry, from the frame to the engine block on the driver's side as well. It'll just it'll be right. Okay. So somewhere there's a okay. bad connection. It has to be. The laws of physics don't change.
5: Correct. That's what I was thinking. Also.
3: All right. All right. I appreciate it. Let me know, Chad. All right. I'm here if you need me. All right. Thank you. All right, brother. Be okay. well. Um, yeah. That's. Listen. The laws of physics don't change. Uh, you know it's and I'm gonna hold you to it. I'm gonna hold everybody that calls this show to it because you can't get hung up on well, I know it's good. How do you know it's good? Did you test it yet? If you didn't test it, well, you know what? then that's not a fair assumption. All right? You've got to work on what's bad or I'm sorry, you've got to work on what's good in order to find out what's bad. And uh, other than that, you're guessing. and if you're gonna guess, why call me? Uh, you know, it's I hate to say it like that, but I uh, you know, let's do that. Uh, understand what you're doing. And voltage drop testing is really becoming... We sat in class Monday and Tuesday night, and it was was a long week because of that. You know, we're talking about using digital volt ohm meters, testing decimal points out to the fourth place for electronics, for vehicle computers, and the technicality of it all. So it's going to get worse. It's not going to get easier or better anytime soon. I'm Ron Ananian. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
4: it's beginning to look a lot like christmas
3: well 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 now tom now tom is this, the moment? is this the moment now
7: it's uh it could be the it could be the moment okay
3: no not now we'll wait we have something very special coming up now don't we but not yet. Yes, we do. Yeah, in the last segment of the show. Oh, is it the last segment? We're not the last segment yet. Now, Tom, not now. No, 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 no. Calm down, Ron. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. This I'm, is I'm, this is like a little kid on Christmas Eve. I'm, I'm getting Holy, into the get, I'm getting into the Christmas <laughs> spirit. So I know what I'm getting this year. I'm getting motor oil. <clears throat> I hope. Let's. Uh, oh boy. Oh boy. So well, yeah. What else would I, you know? What else would the car doctor get for Christmas? I mean, you have to see the, you know. My kids ask me, "You want any tools, Dad? No, I have more than enough tools. Trust me. I'm trying to get rid of the ones I got. Let's uh let's go over to Webster in Virginia. six Trailblazer and some problems here. What's going on, Webster? How can I help?
1: Yes, um, it, I, it's it's I've run with kind of a nightmare issue right here. Um, I bought me a, uh, a a used tire, bought for sixty bucks because you know at the moment I couldn't afford a tire. Right, so. Yes, Unfortunately it's a retread and to those out there I would recommend anybody not I would recommend anybody not to go buy a retread tire. Um, I had an issue where the retread started coming undone, and they used rope for a retread. I managed to actually limp the car home. I figured it says, Okay, well I'm gonna go through my spare on it. Well, unfortunately, the shop I took it to uh, over torqued uh, my lug nuts, right? And so right. I went to go take the tire off, and there's metal shavings. And I noticed that, oh man, all all of my six lugs are they're, they're ruined. And okay. So I had to go buy a, a, a hub assembly, right? Because I can't just knock the studs out of this uh, hub, right? Uh, is it a front? So or, is, it a,
3: is it a front or rear wheel?
1: Uh, rear wheel drive.
3: Re- but I'm saying, which 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 wheel has the stri- oh
1: it oh it was a front it was a front uh front driver side.
3: Okay, so why can't you knock the studs out?
1: Wait. No, I I was told that to buy an assembly.
3: No, take the wheel off, take the brakes apart, take the rotor right. off. Okay, um, do you have like a three pound baby sledgehammer?
1: Uh, that I do have.
3: Okay, just pop the stud out. If you want to see how well, if you want to see how it works do you, did you buy the new hub and bearing assembly
1: uh I did okay take it, it out of the box and look tool. at it
3: it's just a matter of just popping it out and then do you have it do you have an impact gun some kind uh, of a, no I don't okay see that's where you're going to have the issue because you're you're going to need to do this and I got to tell you though to do a wheel bearing in your driveway without with just hand tools that can be a chore unto itself the axle nut you're going to wear yourself out just changing the axle nut
1: so yeah, I, I was about to ask you. what well, I mean, the axle nut. So there's a special tool for that, isn't
3: it? Well, there's a six point. There's a large six point socket, thirty two millimeter, twenty eight millimeter, whatever the size is. So you know you're gonna spend more money on tooling than you really have to. Look, this is this is this is fairly simple. Go buy yourself six wheel studs. All right. When you okay. when you get the wheel studs, uh, I want you to purchase like. Two or three regular open lug nuts. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean by that? Regular open lug nuts? All right? Yes. Okay? Uh, Because you're going to use those. Then you need to go to the hardware store and purchase a large flat washer. Buy a couple. They're cheap. All right? Either that, or you can, when you're at the auto parts store, you're looking for a tool. I believe it's by Lyle. All right? It's about, oh, it's about a half inch thick. It's about... Two inches in diameter, and it's a support bearing that you can put over the stud, and it'll make sense to you. The side that faces you is conical. The wheel nut would fit into that cone, and then you, as you tighten it down, the bearing spins. But at the same time, you're pulling the stud through the flange, the hub flange from the other side. All of this is done. All of this is done much easier. Um, all of this is done much easier with it, with some sort of a cordless impact. So it sounds like Santa needs to come visit you sooner rather than later, all right. Uh,
1: I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get on that. Well, there's barely any daylight right now, so I'll probably do that tomorrow morning.
3: You know, just make sure. uh, Obviously, when you support the vehicle, I want you on a jack stand. I want you safe. Don't leave it on a jack. Uh, you know, but to do it that way And like I said, is, is going to be easier and safer But to do it that way Take the take the new wheel bearing and stud That you've, you know, hub set up out of the box And look at the studs You'll see You might have to maneuver the flange around a little bit To clear things But the studs are just going to push right out With a three pound sledge You're going to pop them out one at a time Press them in one at a time Just make sure you look behind the flange When you pull the studs through That the stud is seated 100% Okay, that, you've, that right. you've bottomed it out. And then when you're done, when you put the new tire, when you put it all together and you put the tire on with the new lug nuts, all right, hand torque the wheel. And the torque spec on that's going to be either 100 or 120 foot-pounds. I believe it's going to actually be 120. Check your specs to be sure, but you okay. want to make sure you hand torque those lug nuts. We hand torque everything uh, when it comes to lug. We hand torque everything anyway, but we hand torque lug nuts, especially so because we want to prevent this kind of thing from happening because it's a nightmare. All right, kiddo? I appreciate it. Thank you much. You're very welcome, sir. You have a good holiday, and if you need more, we're here for you. Let's uh, let's go over to Bill in Iowa. Bill, the 38 Chevy is still
4: running. You bet. What's going Perfect. on, babe? How are you? Well, on my cluster I have in my instrument panel, I got the original speedometer cluster, okay, and we had it out, and we fixed it to where it registers the miles, okay? Okay. The indicator that for speed is a little red indicator, and it'll come up to 30 mile an hour and stop and will not go any further. Okay. I don't care. You can drive it up 50, 60 miles an hour, and it'll only come up to 30 and stop. But it registers the correct mile distance as you drive the car.
3: So you've got some sort of— You got ins- any
4: idea what we need to do? Yeah,
3: there's there there is a calibration spring in there. And it sounds like that spring. There is a. It sounds like that spring may be stretched out, and it reaches its limit. Uh, You know, it sounds like you're going to need to send it out to a speedometer cluster repair facility of some magnitude, or you're going to need to take it apart and pick up parts. I
4: had a clock specialist in our little town that overhauled it and got it to work. Okay, right. And I put a brand new cable from the transmission to the back of this of the cluster. And, and I had that. That was some of my problem. That it didn't register the miles because that that has to be a hex head. That like a you know, and it it was worn. It would fall out of the cluster in the dash. Right. So, but
3: if it's but if it's registering the miles correctly, then the cable yeah. can't be in any cause or effect because the same piece that drives, you know, the cable drives the speedometer cluster for both miles per hour and odometer reading. So it has to be a fault. That
5: is correct. It has
3: to be a fault within the speedometer head itself that's preventing it from going over yeah. 30 miles an hour. Which brings me back to my original statement. There's a calibration spring there that will keep it from reaching its true destination point. I, I sort of have the same problem with the 55, my 55 Chevy, where once I get above 52 oh, okay. miles, once I get above 52 miles an hour, I have it going the other way the speedometer needle accelerates it's off it's off by about 8%. So when it reads 80 sure. when it reads 80 miles an hour I'm doing 65. When it reads 100 miles right. an hour I'm doing 88. When it reads yeah. well, I never go faster than that honest. Uh, at least not yeah. when any, not when anybody's looking. So, um, you know, that's why I say a speedometer center with proper calibration provided we got somebody there that remembers how to do this. Uh, is is the yes. way is the way you want to attack this? All right, sir.
4: <laughs> hey, I enjoy your show. I listen to you all the time, and I'm still driving my thirty eight about once a month, even when it's in the winter, if it's if it's sunny, because it has a heater in it, drives perfect. Feeling? I can't imagine not having a 1938 Chevrolet Master Deluxe since 1962.
3: You're feeling great and you're 38. Hey, I just made that up. Bill, you have yourself a Merry Christmas.
4: Hey, same to you, Ron. I appreciate your show. Perfect.
3: Thank you, sir. You be well. I'm Ron Anani and Annie in the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back, We're on Name the car doctor. You know, I, I guess this is the point in the show and the year where we kind of look back and we 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 talk about something inspiring and gratitude and hopes that we have. Uh, you know, good thoughts for next year. You know, I opened the hour this hour by talking about Danny, my mechanic, and his his yellow seventy eight Z twenty eight and how he's learning the trials and tribulations of hot rodding. He's putting an engine in it for the second time and the third time, and he's learning what it's like to go through and. You know, somebody said to me this week, they said, you know, you're letting him suffer. And I said, no, I'm not letting him suffer. I'm letting him learn because I'm not necessarily helping him or doing it for him. He's sort of skinning his knuckles on his own and he's getting through it on his own. He's getting smart and creative along the way because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And that's what a lot of us did. Uh, You know, my buddy Russell's up from North Carolina this weekend and we're kind of reminiscing about the old days and we start telling tall tales. And a lot of them aren't tall tales. You know what? They uh, they really are truthful and they really are what we went through. Uh, you know, everything from bringing the first hot rod home from Jersey City and how the, we we were talking this morning about how the wheel fell off on Route 3, flat-towing it home illegally in in the dark one night behind a 65 GTO, that uh, the lug nuts fell off of the car we were towing that I was sitting in, and uh, the tire fell off on Route 3 and bounced off the concrete divider and how we uprighted it and got it home safely and made a car from that. And you know what? Those are the stories and things that you remember and you think about. And you know what? That's what helps form you, I guess, when you're younger. So for Danny and for all the kids out there that are trying to build hot rods, keep going because it will work sooner or later. And you're going to learn a whole lot more than you know when it actually happens. I'm Ron and Amy in the car doctor. I'll be back with a very special treat right after this. Don't go away.
0: It's the most wonderful time of the
3: year. And it really is, Ron and Amy and The Car Doctor. You know, it wasn't too long ago that, uh, you know, I was sitting in the shop and it was a cold night. It was a cold, dark night. It's got to be 35, maybe 40 years ago. And, um, well, you know, this, this kind of really happened to me. The real night before Christmas. It was the night before Christmas and all through the dark. Not a car was still broken. All the plugs had their spark. The wrenches were stashed all snug in their boxes, while me by myself was having Christmas party leftovers, some bagels and loxes. Out from the lot there rose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet and yelled, Hey, what's the matter? Now what to my bloodshot tired eyes should appear, but some crazy old guy, one sleigh with reindeer. I winced Winston I cried, oh great, just one more. I'd rather sit back, have a cup of tea and some s'mores. Well, he approached the front door with a smile so bright, I quickly unlocked it and turned back on the office light. Excuse me, kind sir, but I'm having some trouble. The left runner on my sleigh has started to wobble. The balance is wrong and it pulls to the right. The reindeer, they're working too hard this cold night. I have so much to do, and no time left to do it. Do you think that you could? Well, please get right to it. Without saying a word, I went to work right away. Too bad that alignment machine had no specs for a sleigh. Meanwhile, the reindeer were prancing around. That Rudolph and Comet, what a couple of clowns. In a matter of moments, book time 1.2, The runner was straight and the alignment done, too. I helped him load up all the presents but one. He left it to pay me. For cash, he had none. I hope it's from Snap-on, a half-inch drive air gun. He started the sleigh by merely calling their names. On Dasher and Dancer, Donner and Blitzen. Get up off your butts, Rudolph Comet and Vixen. It started to idle and float in the air. Then Rudolph lit up the sky with his nose extraordinaire. And I heard him exclaim, this could have been quite a mess. The car doctor rings true. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're really priceless. And that's the way it happened some 40 years ago. And that's just the way it will continue to happen as we uh, march forward. It's Christmas. It's just a week away. And uh, Tom and I want to say thank you to everybody that's uh, been here for us this year. And I especially want to say thank you to my family for supporting me in all these years as we strive to do and put out a a good radio show and talk to you about your cars. We have a lot to be thankful for. And for the little kid in all of us, for everybody that's hoping to get something under the tree or whatever holiday you're going to celebrate, I hope it comes your way. Because we all deserve good things and we all deserve to get what we need in this life. Because that's really what Christmas is all about. So be kind to each other. Be safe to each other. You know, do one good deed a day. Help to improve the world a little bit. Because doing good deeds is kind of contagious. It uh, just kind of works out that way. And before you know it, everybody's doing the same thing. I, uh, I've i had a great year, you know. We've had a great year doing this together. And, uh, you know, I want to give Tom the stage here for the last minute real quick. Um, I know Tom has some thoughts about Christmas and what he does and uh, he's the man behind the scenes he's the man behind the curtain that sort of makes me look good which is quite a feat Tom you want to share something with the listeners
6: Uh, yeah
1: you know we uh, it's a different year for uh, for the missus and I this year we uh, have a uh, soon-to-be daughter-in-law and our uh, daughter is actually hosting Christmas Eve this year so this ought to be uh, this is going to be interesting we'll, on Christmas day we'll be uh, by ourselves at home so it's
3: going to be different and, and, and that's and it, it just sort of you know Tom that's just the passing of, of time right as we, uh, as we pass through this life and it, it moves us forward we, uh, we all learn from experience so uh, to Tom to his family to all of you listening I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas a happy holiday and uh, a good safe and uh, be careful in your travels and hopefully your car is maintained and it's been uh, inspected, detected, rejected, and not neglected. And uh, till the next time, I'm Ron Ananey and The Car Doctor reminding all of you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.